What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I am coming off the heels of a vacation a little week away and a trip to Rosemont, Illinois to attend the National 2023. I am going to get into it. We're going to break this episode down into three different parts. We're going to talk about the show. We're going to talk about the people and then spend some time at the end talking a little bit about the cards that I bought. I want to thank the unofficial sponsor of today's episode, and that would be Mesh Shorts. Um, Any brand, um, generic, um, get them at the thrift store. Um, You can go buy high-end Gucci stuff. Doesn't really matter as long as they're Mesh Shorts. I really wish I would have rocked the Mesh Shorts in the convention center, Donald J. Stevenson Convention Center because it got really, really hot, no air conditioning, and I could have definitely had a better experience if I would have just rocked some shorts. So had some Chalkline shorts in the back. Shout out Chalkline. Maybe we will mention a brand. Great gear, especially if you're a wrestling fan. But yeah, I negated to wear them, and so I was stuck in just my shorts, and it was hot. I mean, I feel like you could have been walking around in a swimming suit and still been hot at the Donald J. Stevenson Convention Center. And thank God most people in attendance weren't wearing a uh, swimming suit because that would be a sight to behold. But anyways, I want to put a disclaimer on this episode first. I think first and foremost, the one thing that I want to make sure I call out is that everyone had a different experience at the National. We all have different interests and were there for so many different reasons. And I'm going to use this episode to share my experience and then move off of maybe national specifics in general. I think you're going to hear a lot of different creators this week talking about a lot of different things, going to be national overload. And so what I want to do today, share my experience. Then after today, we will bring up, and I'm probably going to talk about just different things uh, regarding the national in future episodes, but I want to Make sure that we dig into the topics from the lens of how can we take what we learned at, on the show front and apply that to what we're doing as collectors in the hobby. And that is you, the sports card collector and the listener of Stagging Slabs podcast. So I just want to say thank you for turning in. I don't think this means I won't be referencing the show. I think it means that I will just try to pull what happened to the show to share experiences on so we can learn about different things year-round, okay? There's a lot of hoopla around the national, but I think there's a lot that we can learn from some of those conversations and experiences that we can share even if you weren't in attendance. Um, not everyone was able to go to the show, so rather than isolate it, I figured, how can we use this content to benefit the greater good? And disclaimer number two for me was would be my first or the 48 hours that I just experienced were an absolute whirlwind. Um, I'm going to try my best in this episode to mention as many people as I possibly can that I interact with, met, made deals with, um, but it's going to be impossible to mention everyone. If you did come up to me during the show and you mentioned this show and you gave me some love, I want to let you know just from the bottom of my heart that men a lot. Definitely 
not expected, but just to hear so much positive feedback on the run of the show and just hearing the routines and the habits and how you're listening and why you're listening and the value and things that you get uh, means an awful lot to me. So that is fuel to the fire. So if you came up to me at the show and gave me a shout, I appreciate you. I still can't get over all of the traction that this little program about collecting sports cards has gotten over all the years. Definitely, it is something that motivates me, and I'm always thinking about ways that I can do bigger and better things with this show and this platform to help benefit the greater good. And that greater good is the sports card collector in the hobby who uses time out of your day, that sliver of time, to unwind by doing the searches, communicating group chats, just sharing the passion. I love the sports card collector. I consider myself one. So back to the episode, back to the parts. Number one, disclaimers out of the way. Number one, overall analyst uh, analysis of the show. Number two, the people. Number three, the pickups. And a little preamble before we get things going. Just want to say shout out to my brother at McGrath's Cards. Um, it, we don't often get time without kids and families, um, just one-on-one, but we had it was a great time going to the show, spending time talking pickups, meeting other collectors. That was amazing. So Kyle, shout out, appreciate you. And we might've made a little bit of a deal on the showroom floor. Just always make sure you remember where you put your cash and Kyle knows what I'm talking about. But show, let's talk about the show real quick. Okay, so definitely bigger than ever before. The hyperbole was real. It was insane. Um, Looked a lot different than the last national show that I went to in the same convention hall. More attendees, more space, more everything. Bigger, better, all of that stuff. I am certainly directionally challenged. I could not figure out, even with maps, Um, where I was at half the time, I would try to go back to places that I just went. And it was just, it was for anyone else out there who attended, who was directionally challenged, even if you had the tools to find your way, I still found it to be a challenge just because it was sensory overload, completely overwhelming and all of that good stuff. So I was happy I had my brother with me who served as the collector compass, getting us to and from certain showcases. And getting in front of the cards that we want to. Also on the show front, um, I think the AC was certainly uh, an issue. It amazes me in 2023 that we can put this amount of money into an event in a suburb of Chicago and have a challenge with the AC. And I don't want to sound prima donna. I don't want to sound suburban. But when you have that many people standing on their feet and you have all of that mass together, like one of the minimum requirements is AC. And I know, take a little bit of pun on this, a lot of people leading into the show complained about Atlantic City. I was not in attendance in Atlantic City. And my whole thing was, I don't really care where the next national is going to be or the future national shows are going to be. 
but I think a minimum requirement is having functioning air conditioning. Yes, the Wi-Fi worked great this year and people were able to use their phones and I didn't have a challenge at all, which is access to phone, which should be a minimum requirement. But I think just at the highest level possible, it's like you got to be able to pump in cool air, especially when it's damn near 100 degrees outside. So that was a, a fatal flaw, I think. I think it made me uncomfortable. It made people were sweating their asses off. People are behind the dealer table trying to you know deal cards. And it was just very uncomfortable. So you know, by the time I left, I heard that it might have gotten fixed. But just unacceptable. Like you got to be able to keep your guests cool. And that was just not happening. So I'm sure there are a bunch of conversations that I don't want to know about that happened between organizers and all of this, but that was just one of the, I don't have many complaints, but that was one of my big complaints. Um, the concrete floors are unforgiving. So I definitely, when I walk through and go through a couple of days of this, it definitely reminds me of how old I'm getting or how old I've got um, there's so many conversations just passing through, which I love. That was like my favorite part. It's just like walking around, getting stopped, having conversations and talking. And there were some cool items everywhere. Um, I didn't get a chance to see it, but someone, there was, I saw a picture. There's a Macho Man cape from, that he wore in 1989 Survivor Series and 89 SummerSlam, which is just iconic. So just to see that, even for me, I didn't see it live, but just a photo of it. There was, if you're a collector and you haven't been to the National, like, there were so many cool things to see um, and experience. And I, I definitely appreciated those moments outside of just the cards itself of seeing cool memorabilia, just stories behind certain things that I was seeing and just getting educated. I love that. I love the history. Um, and I love being able to connect back to my passion. I think I want to shout out just uh, on the show front, just like wrestling cards. And I'll put an exclamation by it. You all know I'm a big wrestling card fan. I'm a wrestling card collector. Obviously, if you listen to this show, you know, I try to promote that segment. But there's like, if you're not in that segment, like just letting you know, like there's been just like such a fun, organic, passionate groundswell behind the segment over the last several years. And it was so fun to see that on display, whether it was just in showcases seeing more wrestling cards paired with other segments of the hobby. I definitely thought that was um, cer certainly cool. And then there was an ancillary event. If you listen to Friday's episode, last Friday's episode with Adam Gelman, who's part of organizing that, but I showed up on Friday night to the main event. Shout out to Adam Gelman, Shane Norton, um, Paul Anon and Tony Vela, and so many others who helped organize that and put that on. But literally it was just a group of wrestling card collectors in a hotel room, conference room, just getting the opportunity to share their cards, share their stories, meet each other face to face. And that like grassroots getting together and just like shrinking the hobby sea and getting together with like-minded collectors is the difference. And I think that'll be a theme for me as I continue to process like everything that I've learned and what I'm like, my take on the show is, is like the more we can proactively shrink the hobby C, which you've heard me talk about on the show, especially if you're a longtime listener and find the areas and the groups that are full of passion and you align with like the better experience that you're going to get. For me, most every positive experience that I can take away from the national was those experiences that were smaller and isolated. I just thought like there were so many opportunities, what whatever you collect to meet with other people who kind of collect the similar stuff and organize different events. And I think 
I put this out there on the Instagram on my way home, but I just said the primary value gained from the national experience really hit me hard on the commute back. The moments I'll remember most was when the hobby C was shrunk down. It was the one-to-one conversations. It was meals with collectors. It was niche collector events. 90% of the monstrous event isn't for me and likely will never be for me, but it's that 10% that's so fucking money. Um, You have to be proactive to find it, but when you do, it's so awesome. And I can't wait to share more. And I'm sure if you're listening, whether you're a hockey collector, football collector, basketball, baseball, like the moments at the show that you'll probably value the most are those ones that you spent one-to-one with other collectors who are super passionate about different areas that you are too. Another one that I want to put out there just in terms of the show is just the value of meaningful curation. I think in a conventional hall with thousands of showcases lined up next to each other, differentiation matters. I found dealers who present as collectors were my pattern interrupt. Their collections weren't viewed as just inventory. Their cards were curated in a way that told a story. Curation separates you from the pack in real life and online. That was one thing that I just took note of and really connected with was just, of course, dealers are out there. They're trying to sell their cards. They got to cover their costs of being at the show. But you can tell the collectors who are building something special and have common interests by not just throwing a bunch of slabs in a showcase and trying to sell it to whoever walks and who someone who has stuff that is severely overpriced. But like those were the types of moments I had at the show that I really connected with. I think I still saw so many junk slabs. Um, And I think there was so much of the same cards And the liquidity of the rookie or unproven quarterback is, gee, I cannot even believe it. It's like no one really seemed like when I came back into the hobby, football was few and far between. And there was a passionate base. But now, like the bargaining chip isn't like prison basketball rookies. And I'm sure those are still a thing. But, man, if I could tell you how many freaking cards of unproven quarterbacks that were filling up showcase, it's mind-blowing. And moving off that segment, there's another segment, definitely the most popular, the most from a quantity perspective, players that I saw were like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was everywhere. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence isn't good. He certainly had a great season last year and he's likely on track, but man, everyone is selling Trevor Lawrence cards. And I think that should tell you something again, like so many people are selling Justin Herbert cards. And I think that should tell you something. Um, So I think just like curation and meaningful curation around Cards, collecting, all that stuff was something that I certainly paid attention to. I spent some time, definitely didn't spend a lot of time on the vendor side. Spent some time at the card lighter booth, you know, unwinding, taking a seat, just chatting with friends. And I also just like from an analysis perspective, just looking at all of the setups and showcases and asking myself, like, will all these vendors be here next year? And I don't mean be at the national, but be around. And that's something just. On the business side, I'm super curious, just like the booth activations and how big certain companies are going and just what their audience is and what their message is. And just as a marketer, that's something that I'm paying a ton of attention on. The other thing that I just want to call out, and I've referenced his account on Twitter or whatever we're calling it these days, X, but MT Trading 2 on Twitter, um, he posted something about just like, is this like the junk content era? And I couldn't agree more. I'm a content creator Uh, and a marketer by trade, I really spend time thinking a lot about just the value, who I'm communicating with, 
the types of topics that I want to explore and just how that delivers back to you, the listener. And if you're not, if you don't believe it already, or if you couldn't already tell, I hope you understand, like I'm super passionate about just like the idea of content and its ability to not only open eyes, but to educate and inspire a group of collectors out there who are looking for um, something to get behind and to connect with. And so I take my job as a creator in this hobby very, very seriously. And so MT Trading put out something regarding junk content. And I couldn't agree more. There's so much content that is out there that doesn't mean anything that's here to get clicks. And it's just not good. (laughs) And I know that's subjective. And I know maybe it's good to a specific demographic. But for me, as someone who's deep in the weeds on this, like right now, like I appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend a little bit of time with me to listen to my perspective and thoughts on sports cards. I do. I appreciate that because there's so many other options and alternatives and there are so many great minds and creators in this space, but there is so much crap out there too. And so that was one thing just certainly as I kind of try to walk the other way, I saw on full display at the national and I, you know, as a marketer too, I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring the marketing going on in the building. And it's like, are we, are we a little over indexed on the gambling side of the hobby? And I know there's many different pieces of the pie, but man, it sure seems so. And seems so like the, the, the generation of people that we're targeting or not we, but that, that those vendors are targeting with the gambling max message just doesn't feel right to me. And gambling, investing, kids, hustle culture, like whatever happened to just collecting sports cards? I know this might be a little get off my lawn take, but you know, when I was growing up, it was about collecting. It was about finding the cards of the players that you're passionate about and that you connect with. And right now it's a lot of hustle culture. It's a lot of hot potato. And believe me, I'm all good with young entrepreneurial mindset. And I get that angle and that argument that's made by the opposition. But give me a break. Like when there's someone on the other end that's profiting from a kid using their dad's credit card to sign up for a subscription or a service, that's where I start to have a problem. And we believe it and we see it. And then you go to the national and it's on full display. And I know every dealer had a kid walk up to their showcase trying to sell some card that they didn't want. And kids, it's great. Like kids should feel confident and comfortable in negotiating and doing that. But like there should also be something there about like collecting cards and that message too. So that was one of the things I observed is like, can we talk a little bit more about collecting sports cards from a mainstream hobby perspective? That would be great. It's all I ask for. Think and I'll reiterate this. 90% of what I saw at the national was not for me. That 10% was amazing. Getting into some of the people, one of the first people that I got a chance to talk with, he's been in the guest on the show, I think a couple of times, but Jake, 90s basketball cards. I mean, if you want to talk about a creator who's doing things that I love and is so passionate, and if you're not already and you're into 90s cards, you probably already know, but just follow Jake's channel. Jake is a real one. I love meeting people in person, and we've met before in person, but just every time I talk with Jake, I get so much energy and we can connect. We're dads and I love that. Um, Shout out my man Drake at Drake's PC. We had several meals together, um, spent some time uh, just talking about cards, talking about life, talking about what we're doing and goals at the show. 
We had a Manning group photo, the Captain Drake, Joey the E-Trader, Northwoods card collector Jordan, Austin Carlson cards that reposted. But again, shrinking the hobby see like Manning group was awesome. Like that was so much fun hanging out with my Manning homies. That was great. Um, shout out Sportfish card collector, Squiddy Collectibles, Jason and Griffin. Um, got a chance to hold that 06 Brady Super Fractor. It was amazing. David, mostly 90s basketball cards. Ryan, Beach Wax Collectibles. So much fun meeting people that I interact with on a regular basis. We, I want to give a shout out to TB12 Cards. Joe hosting a Brady and Manning get together in a suite. And you want to talk about just a bunch of guys acting like children for a little bit. There was so much card conversation, sports. There was an old uh, I it pained me to watch it, but a Patriots Colts game going on from the playoffs that I could hardly look up and watch because most of those, all of them uh, in Foxborough never went our way. So that was going on in the background. There's degenerate pack ripping a whole 2012 prism case of football got ripped. And I'm not sure there was too many things uh, that, that came out the other side, but yeah, cards and sneaks shout out buddies with Jordan. They were ripping 98 Bowman's Best, Finest, EX, EX 2001. It was just so much fun stuff going on in that room. I want to shout out my man, the Card Messiah Jace, all the way from Australia, coming in hot. It was just so good to connect with him. We've had so many good conversations. Timmer's Cards, so gracious connecting and then also saying like, hey, I saw this 2017 Contenders Season ticket optic, luck gold vinyl, one of one, and wanted you to have it. So I appreciate you, Tim, as always. Jamie Wallace, my man, with the Macho Man Black Prism. Such a fun card to see live and so fun to talk with him about just that card and his passion at the wrestling event. Shout out Exquisite Sport Collectibles, Jameson. You know, he's got a new store open. He was there with his kids. We got to talk wrestling. And the whole wrestling crew it was so much fun. God, there's so many other more people, so many conversations. And just want to say, again, I appreciate all of you. It was That was such a fun part, obviously, looking for cards, doing that thing, but just spending some time with buddies in the hobby, like who collect cards and who do it because they love it. Like so much fun. Thank you. Let's close this episode out talking a little bit about cards that I bought. So they, it was certainly different. This time around than last time around, where I think I came home with like 10 or 12 cards. This time I came around with three new cards. And the cards that I picked up were super intentional, fit within my PC. I feel more mature as a collector because of the experience I just went through, not just buying anything that I saw look cool, but just making sure that it played a role in the collection that I'm trying to curate and build as a passionate collector in the hobby. There's more intention than ever before. Um, I actually came back with funds that I'm going to proudly spend and buy other cards with. Um, the information gathering was super important that I thought everyone's trying to make moves. And when people are making moves, cards are moving around. And so like gathering information from other collectors on where certain cards are based on moves that are happening was like, give me a notepad. Let me take notes. Let me make sure I set a reminder so I can reach out to certain collectors about certain cards. Like, that was really fun. And I'm still doing that. I'm processing all this. And this is not something that's like one and done. So much of what happened this past week are things that I'm going to be thinking about for the foreseeable future and going to be planning and using this event as an anchor into new opportunities because that exists and I just need to take advantage of it. So the cards, I'm going to first shout out my man, 
Power Wheels, Caleb, shout out, we got a deal done ahead of the show. Matt Ryan, Platinum, Amir Platinum Gold out of five, PSA 10. This dude had two of them, two of the five, subbed them both, both PSA 10. So I had been hitting him up for a while. Hey man, if you're ever going to sell this, if you're ever going to sell this, if you're ever going to sell this. And he reached out and obviously everyone's looking for cash to buy amazing cards at the National. And he said, hey, I might make this one available. And so I hit him up again. Will this be available? We worked out a super reasonable deal. I met him on the show floor, picked up the card, exchanged cash, said what's up. So shout out, Caleb. I know you're a listener. Listening, appreciate you letting that one end up in my PC. It's sitting proudly. And I believe by the time this goes live, I will have posted it so everyone can see it. I want to shout out my man, Paul Farvelous Cards. Another pre-show deal done. 2012 Luck Prism Gold in the PC. Finally, long time coming. I've just been on an amazing luck run over the last uh, month. And this card really caps it off. It's been a card that's been on my list for a long time. So, so pumped to own that. I got the entire luck run Gold Prism run right now, except for the 2014. I do have the Black Finite 2014, but I don't have the gold, and the 2014 is my favorite year. So I need the 2014 Gold Luck Prism. So if you're out of the show, you see this, you got one in your PC, know where one is, hit me up at Stacking Slabs across all those social channels. I need that card. Help me out. Help a brother out. Only card I picked up that was not done in advance was my posted this already, the Bloodline Triple Auto, Roman Reigns, Jay and Jimmy Uso from Immaculate at a 10 on card auto. I needed a card to commemorate the Bloodline storyline for my Roman Reigns PC. This was a card that when I was walking by RBI Crew 7, they had it in the showcase. I knew I couldn't leave it. Worked out a super reasonable deal. That one came home with me. Shout out RBI Crew 7. It was so fun to see a group, a just such a popular dealer have such a significant uh, wrestling card presence at the show, and we're looking for more wrestling cards. I love it when dealers go all in in different segments. And now whenever I'm looking for a hobby box, whenever I'm looking for something potentially, I know I'd rather go to them because I know they're trying to grow the wrestling card market and the hobby. So I appreciate you guys. That was that card. I love it. I'm glad it's in my PC. There's so much more to talk about. But I got to get out of here. I try to get these in before my daughter wakes up and she's about to wake up. I can I can hear her kind of going up, getting out of her crib, but it's time for me to go. I'm going to have my man, Pack Nicholson, on the show this week. Talk a little bit more about opportunities at the show that we can take outside and do more and try to do whatever we can to maximize our experience at the National. You all take care of yourself. Take care of us around you. We'll be back soon with another one. 